Hello, and welcome to Horror. This is a podcast in which Lee and Adam take their friend Chris on a journey through horror cinema. New episodes are posted every two weeks, and you can follow us at SoundCloud, on Instagram, and on Facebook. Please post any questions with the hashtag AskWelcomeToHorror, and the gang will answer them on the show. Before we begin, two warnings. There will be both swearing and spoilers in abundance, so we recommend that you have watched the movie being discussed first. Thank you for listening. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Horror. I'm Lee. I'm Adam. I'm Chris. And we are back after our hiatus of, what's it going to be, six weeks by the time we're back? Probably about that, yeah. Um, So we apologise. There's been a lot going on with uh, all of us, really. Um, Obviously, Adam and uh, little Adam. Uh, He does look so much like you. It does make me laugh. It's quite weird. I've got... I have got to the point of acceptance, mm. um, and now uh, now I've just got this thing about holding him about tit level, and then running at Claire, going, "Look, look, there's two of us," <laughs> which apparently is more than a tad annoying. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you do it about five times a day, so yeah, it's probably uh... probably twice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not milking it. <laughs> About any milk will be fed to the boy. Well, obviously, obviously, yes. can't let it go to waste. Not, not your milk, though. No. <laughs> oh god. No, because no, I'm my dugs are sallow. But um, yes, and I have been away um, for a couple of weeks as well. Uh, went and met up with the man, the legend, the monster that is uh, Pinball Bobby over in uh, Las Vegas. Did he corrupt you? Yeah, uh, there was a lot of corruption going on, but there was... So, Bobby brought two of his friends as well, Clint and Ned, um, mm. who were both amazing. Uh, yeah, and we all got on like a house on fire and had a, probably too good of a time. It took me about a week to recover once <laughs> I got home. Um, but yeah, it was absolutely fantastic to meet up with him. Um, and you can confirm that Bobby is a medical giant? Yes, right, yes, okay. without a doubt. And mm. I was saying to you, we agreed to meet, and I was like, oh, we'll, we'll meet down in the lobby of the Flamingo. So I was like, oh, we better arrange a place to meet in case I don't, you know, we don't see each other. But uh, there was no fear of that, because there was no missing him. As soon as he came striding into the foyer, <laughs> I was like, there he is. Um, but yeah, oh, a fantastic guy, really, really. It's one of those, you speak to somebody online, but until you actually meet them, it's like, you don't really know how you're mm. going to get on. Mm. But yeah, no, we just had a, an awesome few days, um, and the three of them are coming over to the well. Uh, Bobby and Clinton are definitely coming. I was talking to Ed last night, and hopefully he's going to come over as well. Yeah, excellent. Um, yeah, so they're going to come over at some point, and I shall host them here. And uh, obviously, have to have you guys over and oh, either, yeah. either stay in or hit the town or do something. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was fantastic. And on that note, I have something for you both. 
from the man himself. So oh, if you okay. wait here for one moment. Okay. Oh, it's dead exciting. Anticipation. We can't leave. We can't leave dead air for the benefits of the tape. Lee has left the room, <laughs> calling for his good lady wife, Lady Jennifer, uh, as he probably minces about foolishly, gambling along, probably like a hen. I can hear noises. Yeah, there's definite movement, yeah. which is which is uh, a good thing. Now, apparently, what we've we've got to be filmed. Yes. At this point. Um, I'm not entirely sure why. I'm hoping that it's. He looks excited. Well, I'll, I'll he, tell you is he dressed in any different in. way? He's not dressed as, you know, in bondage clown gear or. <laughs> no. No. Are okay. you going? Excellent. Right. So, let's say, met up with Bobby. Yeah. Um, and he said he had something for all of us. Uh-huh. So, gentlemen, here they are. Your official Kurt Army snapback hat. Oh, we are now officially the British generals of the Kurt Army. Oh my god, (laughs) that is fucking brilliant. (laughs) That is particularly good because I need a new cap. Yes, (laughs) there you go. That is just oh, I am (laughs) honoured. That's fucking insane. I'll have to thank him. Yeah, I've been. I've been trying not to tell you all, but I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I post pictures of it, so I was like, oh yeah. man. Yeah, we're posting pictures of that. That is fucking brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. I'm remaining grinned for it. <laughs> yeah, so before, on, the, on a similar back, so before we went to Vegas, Jennifer and I went and did four days in San Fran. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, and we got to that, that fits you so perfectly. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, we um, uh, we got to go to San Fran and we did a tour. And on the tour, we took in the alleyway from Big Trouble in Little China. Um, mm. It's so when they pull into the alleyway and he talks to the woman on the balcony, mm. that's actually the alleyway. And then from there on in, it turns into a soundstage. Um, but yes, yeah, so we did go in that alleyway and we bought fortune cookies. There are fortune cookies here, gentlemen. Okay. If you would like to Jump take this one them. over and I'll find yeah. out what our fortune may be. Indeed. It's just going to say something like your podcast should stop me. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Shall I just go in and eat it? The joyfulness of a man prolongeth his days. That's alright, I quite like that. Yeah, I'm not quite one. an upbeat figure these days. Oh, you will soon be asked to join a team, work cooperatively. Oh, mm. that'll be the Kurt Army. Yes! <laughs> Make sure your fortune cookie was in date when you ate it. <laughs> <laughs> not really. <laughs> Someone is speaking well of you at this very moment. Now, I believe that even less. <laughs> There's not much chance of that. <laughs> oh, marvellous. Mm-hmm. Marvellous, yeah. So, all in all, your uh, your trip was intense. Mm. It, lovely. it was, it was wonderful. It was a lot. We did a lot in a short space of time. Um, but, yeah, I got to do all the stuff I wanted to do, so mm-hmm. I went to the basketball when we were in San Fran. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. And saw them. So, how was that? It was brilliant. It was really good. Um, do really they, do they have the organ? 
Yes, yes, they had that. Yeah, and they had someone come out and sing national anthem, and you all have to stand up and uh, all that good stuff. Uh, like Jennifer even managed to stay the whole time. She managed to make it right through to the seventh inning without having to get a book out and read. <laughs> <laughs> a book with her. Um, but yeah, so that because you know you'd appear on the big camera if Jennifer had <laughs> yeah. the book out. Yeah, oh yeah, point. yeah, definitely. Um, and yeah, got to go to the gun range, which was awesome. Um, yeah, and as I say, when we met up with, so Bobby didn't arrive, so Clinton and Ed had already got there, um, and Bobby arrived at like 11 o'clock at night, mm. so he came down, Jennifer said, oh, well, I'll come down and join you for a quick beer to yeah. be sociable and polite, um, but I'm knackered, so I'm going to bed, um, yeah, and then at three o'clock in the morning, we were all <laughs> drunkenly dragged into White Castle by Ed, because we'd never had White Castle, um, and he proceeded to buy an absurd amount of uh, of burgers, um, and we all ate them, and they were amazing. Um, but yeah, all in all, it's fantastic. And Clinton, <laughs> we found a piece of the floor in one of the hotels, I think it was in the Venetian. It was a big, shiny marble floor with a big circular pattern in it, and Clinton used to be a break dancer, so mm. in spite of the fact he's probably the same age as us, possibly a little bit older, he was like, oh my God, it's a big circular floor. I have So three o'clock in the morning in the middle of the hotel with security standing, staring at him like he was mental, he had to start breakdancing in the middle of the floor. <laughs> I think that's, per- surely that's perfectly acceptable. Uh, look, it's in Vegas, like what yeah. else are you going to do, right? I discovered something really terrible though, hmm. is that apparently um, marijuana's legal in Vegas. Yes, it is. So you can't, Technically, you can't go and do a fear and loathing in Las Vegas mm. properly because no, stuff fine to do they're legalising stuff, and yes. it's like that's no, that's that's just drained all the fun out of it. I'm, I'm sure you could still just try and do some of the. Yeah, I'm probably the ether. Yeah. Still pretty, yeah. <laughs> pretty frowned upon. <laughs> Uppers, downers, screamers, laughers. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was all good. So since we last met. Have you all been watching your horror films and doing your homework? Chris, you look like you have not. Is this one of those where there was homework and, <laughs> and I, I totally missed it being set? <laughs> no. My, my dog ate it. <laughs> you haven't got a dog, we know. Oh, that. yeah. So you, your dog that you don't have ate your ate DVDs? The, yeah. They're not even DVDs, they're just streaming it. Ate <laughs> the, the bits as they flew through the air. It's all right, it's got a virtual dog. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> got a virtual dog. It's the one that used to be on uh, Word, isn't it? You know, where it could... It, it, you could, you have could have turn him into clip. a dog, yeah. And you, yeah, so it's that dog and he ate all your mm. streaming. That's fair enough. Because <laughs> you've, uh, you've got to feed your virtual dog in a hot CPU. Because... <laughs> They die in that. Otherwise, you know, everyone knows that. Otherwise, yeah. you get a call from the virtual RSPCA, yeah. <laughs> who are still very interested in me because of what happened with the Tamagotchi. Mm. <laughs> so, Adam, what have you been watching in the world of horror? Well, uh, as as we know, there was sprog droppage. There was so. Uh, yeah, I imagine that took up a little bit of oh it took up a lot of the time um, <laughs> and, if, and if you want an insight into horror when we were Claire had to be induced um, just because um, like basically originally it was because of her MS and then uh, sort of other complications came in because she had like a, a liver issue it wasn't anything bad but it was basically right when you've got this uh, you basically stop breaking down bile Mm-hmm. So they said, right, so we induce at that point just as a precautionary measure. Yeah. So she went in to be in- induced, and the poor cow 
it was four, five days mm-hmm. of induced with nothing actually happening apart from contractions. Oh, so, so she experienced all of those bits, but none of the actual getting the sod out. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was sort of like so. It sort of so they basically said, right, okay, we'll go with a C-section. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Uh, I think I think Claire was very much of the opinion that it was like, you know, use a rusty can opener just it's to time get to it. Just get it out. I'm sick of it. <laughs> and um, yeah, he uh, so. Uh, for that, she had to have a injection. Now the trouble is, is that she was going to have the C-section one day. Then she didn't have the C-section for for that day, mm. but she hadn't eaten. Yeah. Mm. But then she was going to have it the next day, so she still didn't eat. Oh, God. So she had this injection, and uh, unfortunately, it made her faint, which panicked the shit out of me, as of you course. can imagine, because I'm sitting there thinking, "Fuck, what am I going to tell her mum and dad?" You know, because I'm thinking, shit, she's just going here. She's just fading out. Mm. And uh, But, yeah, then they set up a saline drip. And, and ridiculously fast, to the point of like, well, look, you can't be recovered because I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> My adrenal glands have had a right Still good kick in here. <laughs> and, you're, and you're fine, and I'm bloody not, all right? Where's my saline drip? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I said to her, you're only having a baby, I'm having kittens. Yeah. <laughs> and... Um, Oh, I had to put the Niox on. I'd have had some of that. Oh yes. Yeah. And then, and then we went into theatre. They did an injection there. Same thing happened, and they had to switch on the drip again. But again, she had a fade out. But all fine and good. Little and came out. I'm over in the corner with the uh, with uh, one of the midwives as we're sort of like cleaning him up. I get to cut the cord. Which admittedly did put me off squid for about a week because it had the same consistency. <laughs> Only a week. Yeah, but after that, I mean, it was like it sodded crustaceans all the way, you know. But yeah, it, it was it was tougher than I expected. I but was t- I was told by loads of people it was really tough, so I went at oh, okay. it like no one's business because I was like. I'm not being the prat who's like not just, the right. so, uh, yeah, yeah, that was me because I was soaring away. I think you should be delicate when you're chopping bits of yeah people. <laughs> but no, so, someone had told me so. Yeah, I, go, I, I went at it yeah. like Brutus the Barber beefcake <laughs> like that. And but from that mind, you looked like you did it with yeah. a bit of garden yeah. shit. Yeah, that was pretty much or, or that, bolt cutters. Yeah, that was the action. Well, I brought me own. You know, they said are they all right? And I said, yeah, they've only I've only used it to get a. a clamp off my car once yeah, that's fine. <laughs> um, but we're over there and sort of dealing with him and I thought oh blimey I'll see how Claire is so I turn around unfortunately at this point I'm over the other side of the theatre they put up a nice convenient cloth so that you can't see what's happening during the C-section yeah. uh, obviously I've turned round and turned around quite quickly after that where I saw a lot more of my missus than I thought yeah. <laughs> basically the trailer saw four there was a lot going on so I thought no I shouldn't really no so yeah there's, there's intimacy Is it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's intimacy <laughs> so um, so yeah so um, but yeah everything was fine uh, the only thing is is obviously the sod don't sleep no but that does mean that I've managed to catch up on shit tons of stuff excellent uh, all of it sort of pretty good really I watched all of Altered Carbon, which mm. I have to say, hmm. Yeah, that's how I felt. Yeah, see, I loved it. I and normally I like the sci-fi that you like. Yeah, I, I Whereas, think it's weird because I enjoyed it while I watched it, but the further away I get from it, the less I'm like, I'm sort of picking holes in it retrospectively. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I have to say, I think it just had that Matrix thing going on where you've got like the flashback element of his past, 
where it's him and a load of essentially a load of crusty terrorists on a green planet. Yeah. And it had that same thing as the Matrix where like in the second and third ones where you're just like Go back into the Matrix. It's much more exciting. It's yeah. much more interesting Rather than, this. than the real. World. Yeah, yeah. The, this, yeah, the real world was quite dull, and sort of you're just thinking, yeah, the guy in the first film's right. <laughs> just say, yeah, put me back in the Matrix and make yes. me a millionaire. That's what you do. <laughs> yeah. All this shallowing about hiding in a bleeding, hiding in a cave from giant metal squid. Fuck that for a game. But so, action. so did you not see? Uh, like, or what did you think about the similarity with? Blade Runner. Oh, I definitely, I liked, I think I liked the aesthetic. I really yeah. thought it was really, um, I thought that was really good. And I even liked, I liked a lot of the concepts and stuff. And I just See, that's it. Like, I, I was, I think, most impressed with the philosophy because mm. it's hard to try and do some of that. And where it had his double towards the end, I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. But I, li- I mean, there was, there was a lot of it I liked and I really enjoyed it. Well, I enjoyed it while I watched mm. it. I mean, admittedly, I was, this is like sort of, Usually about sort of one in the morning, yeah. so you know. But no, I enjoyed it while I watched it. But I, I look back on it and I'm kind of like, would I, would I watch it again? No. Would I watch a second series or something? Possibly, but again, it would be at the back of something else. Do you know what I mean? It'd yeah, be like, yeah. I sort of I stumbled on autocarbon because it was like, right, I don't know what's happening here. And I know this is a finite series, you know, mm. there's only like 12 episodes. Yeah. Um, I didn't quite realise quite how long it was going to stretch out where there would be opportunities, shall we say, to uh, feed a child in the wee small hours <laughs> and, and uh, catch up on some telly. Uh, but it did mean I've watched all of Black Mirror now, so I am fully, fully mm. up to date. Excellent. And, oh What's my the best? fucking God. I have to say, this, like the third and fourth series, like the Netflix series... Mm. Oh my god, they're so consistently brilliant. Yeah, yeah, they are. And I, mean, I love. Actually, I really love the one with the bees, the electronic bees. I think it was like the yeah, last yeah, of yeah. series three. Oh my god, I, that I just adored. But I've also gone down a massive rabbit hole now. Um, there's loads of articles online, and they're really interesting about how it all connects. Oh really? Because mm. there's stuff in loads of them that are to do with other oh, episodes okay. and things like that. There's even Things like um, in the bees episode, they say to someone, "Oh, you were involved in such and such case." Oh, what the child killings? That relates to White Bear, the yes. the, the episode with the murderers in that. Yeah, and it's like everything. There's tiny little connections here, there, and everywhere. Um, USS McAllister, I thought was great, especially because it completely subverted it. Because I was just, I was expecting. Oh, is this going to be like a dull thing about he's a nerd at work and no one appreciates him? And it's like, no, they've got it right. He's a nerd at work, but he is a 4chan weirdo yeah. creep. Yeah, that was a... Yeah. It, again, it started off so twee and fun and yeah. it turned dark so, mm. so fast. Yeah, but I appreciate that because I think there's far too much... There is far too much mollycoddling of sort of uh, creepy people. Yes. Where it's like sort of like, oh, he just doesn't get a break with women, and it's like, yeah, he doesn't because he's weird, yeah. <laughs> and shouldn't be allowed near people. Uh, on the subject of Charlie Brooker, um, I have, on your suggestion, Adam, been listening to uh, the Oblong Babysitter podcast. Yes, um, which is really good. Um, so, Chris, it's two women, probably somewhere around our age. Mm. Um, I think they've said before. I think one of one of them sort of like I think one of them's sort of late thirties and one's uh, his sisters. And okay. one of them's yeah. late thirties and one of them's 
early thirties, I think. There's like not not much between. Yeah. But yeah. Um, and it's just them covering things that they initially it was things that they'd watched when they were younger. Yeah. Um, but they recently, well, not recently. I, I say recently because I've just smashed through the whole series in a week. <laughs> um, but they did an episode on Dead Set. Yes. Um, and it made me realise that I haven't watched that since it initially aired, and mm. I need to go back and rewatch that because that was a brilliant series. And yeah. again, you know, like they said, it sort of it foreshadowed Black Mirror, um, yeah, in a lot of ways, and set up his style and yeah. gave you an idea of what to expect. So what that was it? Out. So it was a it went it was on Halloween week. Uh, oh well. Six years ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, Alexa, Alexa, when was the TV series Dead Set first broadcast? Rotherham United have dedicated their first bet in the Skybet Championship to Barry Chuckle, <laughs> the TV star, real name Barry Elliott, died last weekend and was a lifelong Rotherham fan, <laughs> as well as being the club's life president. Most fans sang his name during the game Alexa. against Ipswich. Stop. <laughs> you, you are an idiot. It was, right. it was well detailed. It was just, it, but it just wasn't yeah, what we I, wanted. I don't know how you get from when was Dead Set aired to Barry Chuckles Memorial at a football club. Two thousand and eight, Dead Set came out. Um, ah, okay. So it, it was uh, ten years now. Then. Yeah. Mm. God. God, we're old. We lost four years somewhere. I know, right? Um, yeah. So it was. I think it was half hour episodes every night. From Monday to Thursday, and then on Halloween night, which was a Friday, it was a full hour, I believe. Um, but yeah, so basically the idea was it was it was a zombie outbreak takes place, and there is a group in the Big Brother house. So because they're entirely isolated, they didn't know what was going on outside, and it was set around them and the people who worked on the show as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then just turned into a full-on zombie thing. But, um, mm. It was really, really good. Uh, yeah, and it was Charlie Brooker's first sort of fiction. Yeah. It, was, it, was his, it was his first like drama. Like it was basically his first non-journalistic yeah. mm. uh, TV show. Like because I think at that point, actually, because that coincided with him stopping doing TV criticism because he was basically. No, right. making I'm TV. making yeah. TV now, so I've got to criticise my own. Yeah. Well, not only that, but also I suppose it's just you don't want to be then yeah. sitting there going, you know, people coming back saying you said my show mm. was shit. I watched that dead set; it was mm. fucking awful. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then you probably want to keep, I suppose, the availability of actors who are willing to work with you. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Actually, yeah. yeah, it's like, yeah, can, can you come and do this? No, because no. I remember you saying I was really wooden in EastEnders. <laughs> Everyone's really wooden in EastEnders. It's a problem. <laughs> The only people who thrive in EastEnders are awful actors. Like Danny Dyer does really well in EastEnders, and yes. everyone really loves him in it. But as soon as they bring in an actor who you really love into EastEnders, they're like, oh, you fucked this over, aren't you? <laughs> it's terrible. Um, yeah, so, you, yeah, you definitely need to watch that at some yeah. point. Um, whether we do it as an episode or if you just watch it, definitely need to. Um, so, what have I. I have a list of things that I have watched since we last met. Um, if we do them like I'll do one and you do one and we do it that way okay I'll do my one you do thing I watched <laughs> let's start with you Chris alright what have you watched uh, I watched The Expanse which was a load of episodes on Netflix mm-hmm. um, sci-fi and 
I saw the trailer for it when it first came out, and okay. I couldn't decide whether it was worth watching or not. Uh, I really like it. There was a couple times where I wasn't sure that I liked the the story. It just seemed maybe a bit false, but then a couple of times it was probably just me being a bit dense. So, <laughs> you know, it's, it's hard to say for sure. But um, overall, yeah, I think they've done a good job of it, and it seems to be getting better. Um, we're at the end of the second season, and there were a few bits where it started to go into horror, and it, it reminded me of a computer game sort of thing. Mm. Um, yeah, where you've got this uh, this sort of alien type thing, and it's turning humans a bit and they don't really know what's going on so a bit of mystery and um and then some good action and good politics okay um so yeah at, at the moment i really like it so i've got to try and get season three um but i think that's not being shown on netflix until a couple of months away okay um but it's, apparently it's meant to get better again so excellent yeah um first thing that i watched <clears throat> not long after our last episode i watched another wolf cop Oh, yeah. Another um, Wolf Cop. Yes. So that's like Wolf Cop 2. 2, yes. Yeah. Uh, and it was every bit as brilliant as the first one. It was I It was one of those I sat there and watched it and thought, this was made for me. It's about ice hockey, beer, mm. and a werewolf. I was like, how did I yeah. not write this? It was, it was Are you sure you didn't? <laughs> yeah. well, maybe in a fever dream, because that was what <laughs> it felt like watching it. Um, yeah, it, it, as I say, it's the same vein as the first one in its kind of crazy, wacky uh, feel to it. Kevin Smith is a major character in it, oh, which, well, um, okay. which I was unaware of when I started watching it, but again, called Beer and Ice Hockey and Horror, yeah. of course he's in it. Yeah, um, fits. Yeah, but really good film. I'd thoroughly suggest everyone check that. If you haven't seen the first Wolf Cop, obviously you have to watch that one first. Um, but yeah. So, so what happens in the first one? Does he die or something? And then this is why it's another he, one. So, so something weird's going on in the wood. He's basically a, an alcoholic stripper shagging nightmare of a policeman um, he gets sent out to a disturbance in the woods which turns out to be a bunch of occultists um, and he basically ends up being turned into a werewolf so whenever there's a full moon he turns into a werewolf but because does this make his, him a better cop yes mm. because of his police training he basically goes out and just rips criminals to pieces that's what I'm um, to do with him yeah and he's got a special car and yeah, it, it's just, it's a really good... So basically yeah. it's Dexter but exciting. Yeah, yeah. Right, okay. <laughs> but yeah, so they're both definitely worth watching, really good films. Uh, soundtrack for the second one was fantastic as well. Um, yeah, the first one's good, yeah. if I recall, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the second one's just as good. Um, so, yeah, well worth checking out. What have you been watching, Adam? Uh, well, I'll finish off with my me, me TV. Oh, yeah. Um... Oh, yeah. I did a complete rewatch of Twin Peaks, which I'm very proud of myself. Oh, blimey. Just the original. Original and film and... Whoa. God, bloody hell. And the one note I will give on that is loads of people complained and said about, um, you know, like, oh, David Lynch doesn't know what he's doing, he's fucking us about, and, like, loads of different stuff. David Lynch understands TV now better than most people who make TV now <laughs> because I mean it's okay I've gone into it uh, that that last series I've gone into it and sort of I know where it's going now mm. so I wasn't in the same position I was when I watched it the first time round yeah but Christ almighty it suits binge watching oh really it suits doing three or four episodes at a time yeah because everything works it all works better like that and mm. you get a greater 
you get the story better yeah. and you get sort of and also I think it's less frustrating because it could be watching it week uh, like week sort of weekly mm. you might get 10 minutes in Twin Peaks and then everything else was sort of stuff going on in other areas and things yeah. like that whereas when you binge watch it that completely goes away and you realize that you are getting a lot of bang for your buck yeah and uh, yeah I just think that David Lynch probably actually understands TV or well, and Mark Frost. I think they both probably are just better at doing TV now than people gave them credit for. And I think a lot of people, because essentially, okay, all the diehard fans, we were all going to watch it like week in, week out. But most people who come to TV now, it'll be, oh, I'm going to, you watch it as a box set or whatever like that. Yeah. And yeah, that is how you can watch that. So yeah, so I did that complete rewatch. But the but the main thing was I watched Electric Dreams, which was Channel 4's adaptions of Philip K. Dick uh, okay. stories. That is so good, and it's all on 4OD. Definitely check it out because it you've got a, it's different directors, different actors. It's a lot you know. There's a lot going on, so some are better than I others. Mm. Uh, I think there. I think it's twelve. Or it okay. might be ten. It's it's a it's a, a reasonable number basically. Yeah. I think I knocked it out in about a week. Um, but again, just that. I think what happened was is that what's it name? Um, Blade Runner twenty forty nine was coming out, yeah. and they were like, right, everyone's going to go dick crazy. <laughs> everyone's going to love dick, and they're going to want just more dick in their face. <laughs> and so Channel Four were like, great. We'll book all. We'll do this program and everything else like that. It's um, one of the executive producers is Brian Cranston. Oh, nice. and that strikes me as I read all this while I was smoking pot at college. I'm now in a position where people ask me what I want to do. <laughs> this is what I want to do. Yes. So, um, and there's loads of cool people in it, and there's like Timothy Spall, Steve Buscemi, oh, nice. a, a hell of a lot of good names, and yeah, just really. Uh, really well done and it felt it, weirdly enough I saw, I watched that after I'd watched Black Mirror and they were very akin yeah you know they had a similar sort of thing although obviously the Philip K. Dick stuff is a lot more twisty turny um, because a lot of it is about perception and people's minds breaking down essentially because that's what was happening to him but yeah genuinely yeah go and, go and watch those if you like your sci-fi because, like I say, I think everyone thought that was going to be the case, that everyone was going to go Philip K. Dick mad. Then they didn't, mm. and it wasn't all that successful at the box office, really. And so Channel 4 showed, like, six episodes and then took it off air and probably put on some bullshit with Greg Wallace or some <laughs> shit. Um, something about some cunt building a castle or something in the fucking door <laughs> doing. And then um, they punted the rest out, like, in the middle of the night on sort okay. of like weekends or whatever like that and frankly yeah they they weren't seen and they should have been because there was a lot of good stuff there did you have a favourite um, or overall there was there were a couple of ones Brian Cranston is in one which was actually one of the books is one of the stories that I'd read of Philip K. Dick which was really good um, uh, and there was also one with Timothy Spall which was just amazing just really really good um, but yeah, so highly recommend that. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, if you've been into your so far recently, yeah. that sounds perfect. Yeah, for you. and like I say, I think it's all up on four OD. I I recorded it like on the on the uh, the digital box, but mm. yeah, they're all up on four OD anyway. That's so, useful. Yeah, excellent. 
Um, I watched a film the other week on your suggestion. It's a film we discussed previously because you said that you'd seen it. Oh, yeah. Um, so I watched A Dark Song. Mm. Um, I kept, I'm not going to lie, I kept putting it off for about a month because I watched the trailer and I was like, it looks really dark and really uncomfortable mm. and I have to be in the right mood for it. So I had a massive hangover one day. <laughs> And thought, oh, do you know what? Even being uncomfortable will take my mind off of how much I want to die right now. So, <laughs> so I watched it. Oh, my God, why has nobody seen this film? It yeah. is so, so, so good. Really, really taken with it. Yeah. Um, it's so just... It is very... Um, you know, I, like I say, I knew about it because of Steve Oren being in it. But that yeah. was basically it. But yeah, this is one of those ones that... Sh- this should be up there when people are talking about things like The Witch and things. Where it's that, Yeah, it's exactly the same sort quality of, of a movie. Yeah, um, that same sort of intensity, that same sort of quality. Yeah. Um, and yeah. and the, where it went at the end of the film was a million miles from where I would have ever guessed. I yeah. totally didn't see that coming. Mm. Um, but yeah, really intense, dark, gripping... Mm-hmm. Considering that for the majority of the film, there's only two people in it. Yeah. Um, and, but they carried it amazingly. It's such a horrible atmosphere that they build. Mm. Um, yeah, I totally, totally loved that film. Um, and the accuracy of like how the rituals feel and everything else like that, mm. it, that is very... So it, it, it's again. It's like the person's done their research. They, yeah. This is people who know what they're fucking talking about. Yeah. And yeah. So Chris, it's um, the idea. It's a it's a woman who's clearly gone through something traumatic, and she wants to do this magic ritual. Mm. Um, it's the Abramalin ritual, I believe. I think it is. Yeah. It's like meant to cleanse. Uh, it's it, yeah, no it's, it's for a different purpose yeah. but yeah um, but yeah but I think it's loosely based idea wise on the ritual that Alistair Crowley tried to perform yeah it's it's, it's basically an invocation um, of what we won't give away but okay. yeah it's, but yeah, yeah so you basically have to seal yourself away in a house with just the people who are practicing the spell and it takes weeks or months to complete and you have to live it the mm-hmm. whole time yeah and so she hires this guy who's a magician who's played by Stephen Oram who's amazing in it as he is in absolutely everything mm. um, but he's such a dark horrible character <laughs> yeah and again you don't quite know what her motivations are and his are purely she's paying him 80 grand I think they said yeah. to, to, yeah. to okay. spend this time with her and and take, take her through her the through ritual. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's just about them two locked in a house for months mm. on end. Yeah. And just purely focused on this ritual thing. Um, oh, and it's just fantastic. Everybody needs to go and watch a dark song. Mm. Um, yeah, and go on IMDb and tell everybody how fantastic it is because it's so, so good. And it has a twist at the end. Or, it, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's, it's, it's not a really twist. a twist because it's not it's not something that it's not a rug pull it's not mm. a reveal no. it is just it's someone taking a different path to what you think they will yeah okay. or sort of going in a different direction to what you think they will mm. yeah but just everything about it was amazing I love the the 
the the way it was shot, it had a real dark, dingy feel to it the whole way through. Um, so very realistic. Yeah, sort of. Uh, exactly. Like, so like with a witch. Mm. Yeah, it felt foggy and yeah. dusty and yeah. grey. And, and then, but then there's moments where spells are beginning to work and things like that. That because of the way that's done, mm. and it's it's sort of very sparingly CGI'd or whatever mm. like yeah. that. You know, it's not really. But those moments really feel magical because. Of the reaction against the rest of the yeah. the way it looks and yeah. the way it feels and everything, so it sort of lifts you through and you sort of begin to you get the same awe level that you would yeah. in that sort of circumstance. Mm. So yeah, yeah, it really draws you in like nothing I've watched in a long time. I really was so focused on it. Oh, I'm glad you enjoyed it because it's yeah, it is cracking, isn't it? I don't know how nobody has seen or is talking about this film. Like yeah. I can imagine it's only because it was a lower budget so they probably didn't have the marketing to push it. Mm. Um and Stephen Oram obviously is uh he's a brilliant actor and everybody knows him by face, but I don't know if enough people follow him as they should. Mm. Yeah. Um so I think that might be we kind of touched on this before, but is it because there's so much out there that it's hard oh, to highlight yeah. everything it's that's great? Yeah. I think also, I think it is, it's not, it's not balls out horror, it's not, mm. some, it's not something, you know, it's not a monster, it doesn't have sellable gore yeah. or yeah. shock moments or anything of that sort of ilk. I think in a weird way, similarly, I mean, like I say, The Witch is probably the nearest comparison where it's mm. that sort of, and again, I think, though The Witch sort of, The Witch did really well for itself because I think it was just pushed by the right people. Yeah. But I think that it's, you know, there were probably people it's who it, didn't... Like, I, I hadn't it. heard of The Witch if it wasn't for you showing it to me. I've now seen it on even Now TV or Netflix and I thought, oh, I'd be tempted to watch that again. Yeah. Yeah. But, but obviously I've still got so many more things that I should watch. <laughs> but yeah, and I wouldn't... A, re- no a rewatch is... Ne- that's well, the one of the beauties of horror. Of yeah. A rewatch is never a problem. Yeah. yeah. But but if, if it's a good one. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, like, so many I would not have heard of if it wasn't for both of you saying them. So I don't know how they get marketed... Well, the, I know the witch. I mean, the witch got a general release, so because me and Dean saw that at the cinema. Yeah, yeah, and yeah that, I did. Yeah. So, so yeah, it was like we were. Did I? Did I, I don't know. Did you come with us? Possibly. My God, I'm so old. You might have assimilated. I don't think you're old. I think you're drunk. I think that's probably what it was. I've had half. No, of then. Oh right. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say I've had half a PBR, dude. Like, yeah, but yeah, but you you and Dean have to top load in the cinema. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's yeah. like well, I better get, better get a few in now because we won't be able to drink in there. And then we do end up drinking in. There. Yeah, you're just taking a bag, <laughs> taking a suspiciously clanky blue bag. <laughs> oh, but I am glad you enjoyed it, man. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Next on your list, Adam? Uh, well, I, I got to experience my first Father's Day, and Ted had been on my Amazon wish list, which is quite impressive for, <laughs> a, for a boy of his years. I mean, he's only 10 weeks old this week. So. Um, and uh, one of the things he got me was uh, the 60s Japanese ghost film uh, Karenko, which is one of those... It's a bit like Onibaba. It's that sort of very dreamy black and white, like high contrast black and white sort of um, photography Mm. uh, telling the ghost story of um, a man goes away to 
uh, f- fighting the fighting the war, leaving his wife and his mother together to look after the house. Mm. They are at some point some samurai come through and they uh, rape and kill the mother and daughter, but then they come back as cat spirits who kill samurai, and that is their whole thing in lo- their whole existence is based on the murder of samurai. Okay. But then the son comes home and he is a samurai. Ah. And then it's a whole sort of thing. The daughter can't... The, even as a spirit, the daughter can't do it. And you, it sort of goes very weird, very sort of... sort Because of, he meets them, but he doesn't recognise them. Um, even though, apparently, becoming a cat demon just gives you weird eyebrows. <laughs> but he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't recognise them. They kind of recognise him. Hmm. But again, it's all to do with the nature of what they've become means that they are sworn to kill him. But yeah. he, yeah, and yeah. And it's wow. just a really, that was a really good one for, like, sort of, that was a definitely very good at one in the morning because it was okay. like, oh, well, I, I, I don't need to sleep now because I, I feel I've had a dream. <laughs> it was, but it has that sort of real... There's a, there's a lot of sort of this sort of 60s Japanese horror films. There's a lot of these weird ghost stories that take place in a lot of like reeds and bulrushes and stuff like that hmm. that are so sort of just oddly intense hmm. in, and sort of yeah just really gripping and weird, but in such a way that you can't even kind of get your head around it. But yeah, so I watched that. That was uh, that I recommend highly. That's really really great film sounds good and I think uh, I think Karenko means black cat as well so okay that's another plus cool <laughs> um, I got a chance to check out Andy Nyman's ghost stories mm. oh yeah is it directed by him I or written Alexa it's written yeah who directed the film ghost stories ghost stories directors are Andy Nyman Jeremy Dyson and Graham Cantwell. Oh, fair enough. It was Jeremy Dyson. I remember now seeing it on the credits. Because um, obviously they wrote it, couldn't they, when it was the play? Yeah, yeah that's right. Um, mm. It's different enough from the play. Mm-hmm. So the three stories are the same, mm-hmm. but the wraparound is entirely different. That's funny. Well, because of the play, it was like it was done as a lecture, wasn't it? Yeah. And that so that I can I can see they'd have to alter that. Really. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, I won't tell you what the wraparound is because honestly, you're better off going into it knowing nothing. As I say, because, yeah. because you'll know the three stories anyway. Mm. You're better off uh, not knowing. Um, the cast in it is so good. Um, Andy Nyman still plays the main character, uh, but it's got um, Martin Freeman's in it, isn't it? It's got Martin Freeman in it. Uh, it's also got Paul Whitehouse's in yes, it, and he's yeah. really, really good. I thought he would be. I think he's one of those people where, though they're a comic actor, they should do more dramatic roles because they they are still an actor. Yes. And can Absol- do it, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so when we saw it, I can't remember the actor's name, which is terrible, uh, the guy used to play Nathan Barley. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, shit, that's completely slipped off my brain, but yeah, I know yeah. what you mean, yeah. So, so um, 
Freeman plays his story, mm-hmm. and he has like a bit part in the wraparound story instead. Uh-huh. But he's still in it. Yeah. Um, Nick yeah, Burns. Nick Burns. Nick that's Burns. It. That's it. Excellent. Um, yeah, and he's brilliant as always. Um, yeah, it just felt really creepy and uncomfortable. Um, the wraparound takes a lot more, becomes a lot more of a larger element because obviously the stage show was probably a, an hour or so, hour and a quarter or something. Uh, yeah, because it didn't have a didn't have an interval, did no. it? So yeah, it was um, about an hour. so they so they added on to make it like an hour and forty five minutes. The wraparound story mm. has a small beginning and then at the, at the end it takes up a large portion of the end of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's so cleverly done. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's well worth watching. It's definitely, definitely a great, definitely one I'll go back to. I've watched it twice now. Oh right, um, okay. I watched it on the flight, mm-hmm. and Jennifer didn't. So when we got back a couple of days later, we sat down and watched. I'm going to watch it again. Yeah, yeah. We sat down and watched it again. Um, yeah, and I enjoyed it every bit as much the second time, even knowing where everything was going. Mm. Um, also, it's got the the to the middle story. Um, that was the security guard. No, no, so that's the first one, so that's Paul Whitehouse. Uh-huh. The middle one was the car that... Ah, oh, yes, yeah. yeah. Um, and that's played by the kid who is in The End of the Fucking World. Oh, yes, yeah. Yeah, it's him. Oh, right, um, okay. Effectively playing a very similar character, like mm-hmm. he's really disturbed by what's happened, so he's really jittery and uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it's, it's just brilliant. So, so good. Well, I think, I think we'll have to chalk up. We'll do ghost stories, we'll do a dark song... As part of Welcome to Horror. Oh, definitely, yeah, because I think Chris needs to see both of those films, definitely. Cool. I watched... um, Oh, I watched Turbo Kid, thanks to you. Oh, yeah. I really fucking like that. That is just such a big, daft fucking movie. (laughs) But, but, uh, yeah, the weirdest thing I got from that was charming. It's just sort of very sweet in its own sort of way, and just, yeah. But with a ton of gore... Um, yeah, I just yeah, I just thought that was great. I bought I bought the soundtrack. Oh yeah, as well. And the soundtrack has two parts. Uh, you've actually got the soundtrack of the because the guy who did the soundtrack quite got got quite into it. <laughs> so you've got disc two is the soundtrack of the film, and disc one is parts of that score turned into a larger thing just called Chronicles of the Wasteland. Oh nice. Um, do you know what it really reminded me of? It really reminded me of um, Night Satan and the Loops of Doom. Oh yeah, it reminded yeah. me of that, but in sort of like, a, but obviously more, just a touch more Mad Max and everything. Yeah. And fucking Michael Ironside. Yeah, yeah. He's just brilliant. Here. <laughs> he is just. But yeah, I liked everyone in it. The you know the um, I thought that just yeah just I don't Michael Ironside is the only person I know out of the cast, but yeah. I like I thought everyone in it was really. Great and just yeah. I'd definitely like to see them all doing more stuff. There is there is there is a two. Oh, I mean, is there? Yeah, apparently there is going to be a Turbo Kid two. Oh, uh, I, I think I think that. that is I think weirdly enough I think that's being called like it's being called Chronicles of the Wasteland or something like that. So they are determined to do a two, uh, which again I will definitely have to see because yeah I thought that was just great daft fun. Uh, I've I've also said uh, I'm going to watch it with Claire at some point. Yeah. Because, yeah, I think charming and full of gore should be fine with that. Yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah, so well done, Dean, because he bought it for me on Blu ray. Oh, did he? Uh, Christmas or my birthday. Well done, Doc. Yeah, well done, Doc. Good work, Doc. Um, it was one of those that was on my radar, and if he hadn't bought it to, 
bought it for me, I probably wouldn't have gone round to have seen it yet. So, mm. yeah. Again, that was another one. It was a hangover movie. I was like, oh, I just want something to just put on and zone in and out. Yeah, and just drew me in. And yeah, yeah. It's got to be time for Dean to join us again soon, isn't it? It has got to be actually. He's um he's busy at the moment, obviously with his band and um. He's moved in with his young lady. Mm. And, uh, well, his young lady clean. has moved in with him. Oh, yes. So, um, yeah. Yeah, which so he's which means that his house is now clean. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't recognise it. I see <laughs> pictures. I think, oh, that must be somewhere else. No, yeah. <laughs> no it's things. Yeah. Um, so off of, again, so taking your going off of horror, um, finally saw Infinity Wars. Oh, the, the, yeah. the new Avengers, Avengers yeah. one. Um, have either of you seen it? No. No, I'm, I'm basically aware of pretty much what's happened in it because, well, I go online. Yes. And I go on geek sites and so pretty much everything is now either a meme or ruined for me. So Yes. Yeah, so I'm... <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I did enjoy it. I thought it was a good film. Um, they took a lot of the humour out of this one, I think because of the... Uh, because of what was happening and the way that the film ended, mm. they. So, what was one before this? Uh, so, the one before this was Black Panther. Um, okay. Which, again, I didn't like for that because they stripped all of the comedy out of that. And for me, the Marvel films are always a perfect combination of action and humour. Mm. And when they took all of that humour out, I found it. You end up with DC. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like we said. <laughs> um, right, what was one before Black Panther? Uh, that's a good question. Well, what one was that? What one did you like that had humour in? Yeah, so I love the Avengers Ragnarok, films. Ragnarok, Thor Ragnarok. Oh yeah, Thor Ragnarok. Like, yeah, see now that was a fantastic film. Okay. Um, and I've rewatched that again since. Um, obviously all the Iron Man films were all good. Um, but yeah, I just yeah same with it. So I enjoyed this one, and it was really well done. The humour that was in there was brilliant. But they had just cut it back an awful lot mm-hmm. um, because of the because of the gravity of what happens yeah. at the end. Yeah. Um, uh, which, incidentally, I think the um, sort of beating around the bush a bit, a bit. But apparently, for a while, all Marvel films until they do the next in the the Avengers sequence. Mm. Apparently, all Marvel films are prequels to Infinity War at the moment. Yeah, well, they'd have to be, really. Yeah, yeah. To sort of like, to, as a stopgap thing. So until they do another Avengers, you're watching ones that... Was that because they can't give away what's going to happen? No, there's, it's just, basically there's a, lot, there's a lot of change goes on okay. that is possibly irrevocable. So I can see a way... Possibly of them undoing it all, but oh yeah, well, it's, it's it's Marvel, of course they will. Yeah, it's yeah, anything's possible. Yeah, um, but, but yeah, it was it was good. Um, and I, I rewatched Deadpool two as well. Um, yeah, before yesterday, that had humour in it. Yeah, that had a lot of humour in it. I thoroughly loved that the second time as well. Yeah, so much of it, I'd I hadn't remembered it being quite as dense as it was. Um, but yeah, amazing film. So yeah. Marvel Strikes again. Um, I watched, I watched the Bad Batch, which is uh, Anna uh, Link P. 
poor the uh, the lady who did uh, a girl walks home alone at night. Oh yeah, um, it's her Zeph cannibal film is the best way <laughs> I can put it. Um, set post apocalyptic. Uh, basically, this girl gets chucked out into the wasteland where all the undesirables get chucked out. Um, there's a community of cannibals uh, headed by Jason Momoa, um, okay. and yeah, she gets kidnapped. She has her arm and leg um, eaten. Um, but then she manages to escape. She ends up in a town run by Keanu Reeves, who's basically running a cult of women. He himself is called the Dream, uh, and he keeps he just has a harem of women that he's constantly getting pregnant, and they've all got T-shirts that say "The Dream is in me." Um, <laughs> and and also this is the best and one of the best things about it, Jim Carrey's in it as a hermit who kind of helps people out but you don't know why, and then he just fucks off and is a hermit again. Much how Jim Carrey is in Hollywood these days. How have I not heard of this? Exactly. Every time I tell people about this, they're like, so you've got Jason (laughs) Moe, Jim Carrey, and fucking Keanu Reeves in a film, and no fucker knows about it. It's it's on Netflix. It's it's over-the-top, weird, gaudy... uh, Like I say, Zeph Apocalypse, because a lot of the people in it, it feels like a DeAntwood video. (laughs) <laughs> Everyone's dressed a bit like Ninja or Yolandi. They've yeah, got yeah. that. It's like lots of like old rave clothes and smiley gear and things like that. And yeah, and it's just a weird. Is again, it called sorry? Um, the Bad Batch, and it's just a weird film. The soundtrack's quite weird as well because Claire was in the car going, "Oh right, so it's a soundtrack." I did wonder why we'd had Culture Club and now we've got Ace of Base on. <laughs> like, yeah, but I was listening to the bits in between. All right, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's. Um, yeah, it's, it's 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 just odd. That's the best way I can put it. It's what it's the classic thing of someone's weird second film, and I'm so glad that she's just stuck to her guns and fuck it. Yeah. And one of the things I found out as well is I didn't realise this, but she's partially deaf. Uh, the director, hmm. and now it makes sense why a lot of her films don't have a lot of dialogue in, because she says herself what she can't really go to the cinema. Because you don't get subtitles. Yeah. So it immediately sort of cuts down on what she can watch and things like that. And mm. it's like, actually, this does have a lot of... This is a lot more visual and... But that improves someone as a filmmaker because it should be show, don't tell. Yeah. In any way, in any sort of circumstance. But yeah, it's just weird, visually very weird. I mean, like all the cannibals live in the broken fuselages of dead planes, like crashed planes and stuff like that. And... At one point, there's a rave with a, a DJ in a giant, like, stereo, and the decks and him are in the cas- bit that would be the cassette yeah. of, like, a boombox. Yeah, it's wow. like that. And, yeah, it's just... It's one of those films that I just... It's like, right, I've definitely not seen this sort of... I've not seen this film before. I haven't seen anything like it before. And apparently one of the best things was is that um, she wanted the director wanted to do... Um, uh, she wanted Jim Carrey to be in it. Jim Carrey's people were like, "He ain't gonna do this because it's like uh, he he ain't got any lines and he's a hermit and this is a shit little film that no one's ever gonna hear about." And so she made up the role of a mad doctor and said, "Oh look, he's this wacky doctor," and sort of I think pitched it like Rick from Rick and Morty. <laughs> and so that got her in. She went to see him. And then she said, "Look." I made up about the Doctor. I don't want you to play a Doctor. I want you to play the Hermit that's in it. And apparently that was it. Jim Carrey was one over. He was like, yeah, that's the one I want. 
fucking do. <laughs> and so, yeah, and it was... Uh, awesome. Yeah, just even that was... Just the story behind it was uh, cheerful enough, you know. So, yeah. So that's just, yeah, well worth checking out. Just odd. So the bit I've got hung up on is you said her arm and leg got eaten, but yeah. then she escaped. And now I'm, she, trying, to, she I'm trying to picture how that on it. works. She finds a skateboard. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. So, so I wasn't you expecting that. So it's all out in like the desert. Like, it's meant to be like the badlands of like um, America, sort of like you know where it's just the deserty bits of America in a post-apocalyptic world. So she ends up smacking her captor's head in with a fucking wrench, and then escaping on a skateboard. But she just bakes out in the sun, and then Jim Carrey's hermit comes along and drags her to the nearest town. Oh. But then he just fucks off again. <laughs> so you don't know why he helps her. Like some sort of guardian angel. Yeah, <laughs> almost. And there's and one of the most striking things as well, where you just don't it doesn't marry up, is just one bit where Jim Carrey and Jason Momoa are in the same scene, and you realise they're the same height. Wow. But you don't think of that normally because Jason Momoa is obviously enormous, yeah. and Jim Carrey's like. Pole. Yeah. But yeah, they're the same height as well. It's just like, oh, that's just slightly odd. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, just a quick one. Mm-hmm. Um, I did at the, I know I told you about it at the time because I was so massively excited. San Fran Airport flying out <laughs> to Vegas yeah. uh, bumped into Champ Kind. Yes. Um, at the airport, which just made my fucking day. Um, I didn't want to disturb him. He was on his phone and he was drinking a coffee. So I literally just walked over and went, hi, I don't want to disturb you. Just want to shake your hand. Thanks a lot. Good job. Awesome in Paul. Loved it. Bye. Right, <laughs> <Hey>. so <laughs> um, you've got more points for mentioning Krampus, but still, yes. very good. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was fantastic in Krampus as well, yeah. But, yeah, but it, what reminded me of it was... He's a giant of a man. Is he? I had no idea. Because I mean, he looks kind of big, but I suppose because he plays comic roles, you don't sort of. He's never been in a role where he's like, you know, threatening a room or something like that. Barely shoulder height to him. The guy is massive. Fuck it. Fair Um, dues. Yeah. Um, So, a film we discussed previously. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure you were telling me I need to see it on one of the previous episodes. My Cousin Vinny I saw last night oh, yeah. for the first time. Uh, Chris Jones was over. Um, we had a few beers and a few gins. He mentioned My Cousin Vinny. I said, I've never seen it. And he said, right, the, the evening stops here until you have watched this film. So he literally made me watch it there and then. Yeah, what a great movie. Yeah. What a totally great movie. And, with, and Fred Gwynn's great in it, isn't it? That's yeah. just so... That's right, because it was on our Monsters yes, episode. Yes, that's, that's why yeah. we discussed it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, really enjoy it. Really funny, really like just that that beautiful eighties. Like we can just do anything. I don't know if a film like that would get made now with a story like that. Um, mm. But yeah, it just yeah totally won me over. The eighties lack of taste was probably in its favour. Yes, you know, it's just just in everything. Frankly, <laughs> that's what it, that's what it had going for it was definitely just a, which is odd because the, and strangely enough that's the worst bits of the eighties are the tasteful bits <laughs> you know all the all the pastels yes all the all the triangular suits and neon that, you know sort of that that is the the awful bit but the bits where people were getting their edge ripped off or you could just you know be quite nastily offensive you know <laughs> that was definitely to its benefit. Another thing that I realised that I felt awful about, um, it suddenly struck me last week, 
um, so I do need to go back and address it. Um, our last Ask Welcome to Horror question that we had regarding mm-hmm. your favourite non-horror films, mm-hmm. top five. I didn't put Goonies in it. How did mm-hmm. I not put Goonies in it? I've watched that film so many times, I literally know every word of every scene and can play the entire film in my mind. Mm. How did I forget the Goonies? But I forgot the Goonies. So the Goonies should have been in there. So um, I apologise for misleading anybody. We, we won't make you go back and, re- and remove another film and replace it. Oh, also, Adam did point out I did make an error in uh, that episode as well. Um, when we were discussing Battle Royale, and I said I saw it when I was 15 and in my mind I was convinced I did um, and then Adam texted me about two days after uh, I'd published the episode and said you do realise you were 23 when that film came <laughs> so, um, I think as I put it who are you trying to kid yes yeah. so somewhere in my mind I've confused the, the era in which I watched it but yeah so there you go corrections out of the way now um, I got to watch Colossal. Oh, yes. That is fucking great. Have you seen it? Yes. Yes. It was not... The trailer makes it look like a balls-out comedy, and parts of it are, mm. but so much of it isn't. No. And it's just... it's Again, back to that thing like we were saying with the uh, SS, uh, USS McAllister. Mm. It's nice to have... Um, it's nice to have like a sort of bumbling man child in something where it's like no there is a problem with this yeah yeah you know that you know that it isn't necessarily a, a dopey kind mindset you can be a prick yes um, but yeah uh, have you heard of this Chris Love it. Uh, basically um, <laughs> basically Anne Hathaway goes returns home to like her hometown uh, and basically she her life spiraled out of control she's a massive piss artist and she just ends up hanging around in the bar with like people she went to school with and stuff um, but for some reason a monster keeps trampling soul in Korea like a giant Godzilla-esque creature okay. um, and then it becomes slowly apparent that actually when she takes when she walks home drunk she goes mm. through a certain playground yeah while she's in that playground she is the monster yeah. and they're connected that's what brings it into being so it isn't intentionally destroying everything yeah. it's just mimicking her movements mm. like in a massive pissed. kaiju in korea for mm. no reason whatsoever yeah and then slowly that slowly she realises that's what's happening, but obviously she tries to readdress that. But then it sort of goes out from there when it turns out that one of the people, one of her friends from school, also appears as a giant robot in Seoul and starts smashing shit up. <laughs> and it all sort of goes down from there, really, doesn't it? Yeah. And it's it's just the weirdest fucking thing because it's like a Godzilla movie. And like a little indie drama, yeah, essentially mm. moulded together, yeah. But also, like you say, with laughs in there, and it is, you know, it is somehow it works. Yeah, it just it does. It's just such an odd sort of. It's such an odd combo, and yeah, they've done it really well. But it's the guy who did Time Crimes. Oh, um, okay. Like, and uh, so again, someone I trust to do weird, weird. well. 
Because, I mean, the thing is, Time Crimes is a great <coughs> film, apart from the one bit where you do just go, but I wouldn't do that. Yeah. But otherwise, Time Crimes really... Time Crimes, within itself, holds its logic and plays it to the edge Yeah, really well. In fact, have you seen Time Crimes? No. Spanish time travel film really worth seeing because it's one again it's it's kind of like around the same sort of time as Primer and it's one of those ones where it's like oh it's a time travel film but from someone who gets time travel uh, uh, Triangle as well came out yes. around the same time and that was such a good film as well yeah like there were those three films as you say came out within a couple of years of each other mm. yeah and they're all amazing yeah. and, but they all are so well mapped out that you don't you, like you know, someone's the, actually the flaws said, aren't obvious. Yeah, yeah. Really. I mean, time travel is always. Yeah, yeah. I mean, primer work, but primer is so well done that I have seen like wall-sized graphs yeah, where people have yeah. mapped it out. Yeah, to, but but there is no, there's no dip in the logic. It works. It, it's all really well mapped out. And mm. similarly, yeah, I think time crimes psychologically maybe not, but. Yeah, the main character, the the actual events of the time travel and things as they keep going are precise. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. really yeah. I think that's why I like Triangle as well. Yes, had, yeah, Triangle's the same. It yeah. had the same, but yeah, as you say, it didn't have that bits of logic where you just think she wouldn't do that. Everything she does, you think, yeah, is what I would, yeah, do. I, th- I think that's the thing. Time crimes is okay apart from the bit where you, you there's just one moment where you're just like the main character does something. You're like, I probably wouldn't do that. Yeah, and then. But then the whole movie doesn't work mm. unless that yeah, person yeah, does yeah. it. So you kind of you have to let that go a bit. Um, but the, but then it's like you know how many films are we watching? Oh well, I'll just wandering around, wander yeah. around in the house yeah. in the fucking dark. Fuck off. Yeah, yeah. What the been cut off? Have you? Yeah. <laughs> Is there not a shilling in the meter? <laughs> um, did either of you watch the trailer for the new Simon Pegg movie coming out of Halloween? No, I haven't yet. No, uh, it's on the it's on our WhatsApp group, I believe. There's a link. Yes, to it. yes. I just um, yeah. I was at well, work. No, I think so there's a link to a Twitter about it, and then I went and googled it and watched it. Um, no, I think Twitter's got the link to the trailer. Oh, it does. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, yeah. In that case, I won't discuss it, and we'll save it for the next episode. Which look behind the curtain. We're about to go and record now. Um, <laughs> so when we go and watch, um, <laughs> sorry, my. Uh, my Fitbit just said you've been sitting down a long time, fat fuck. You better get up and move around a bit. Um, <laughs> You've got that cockney one, haven't you? Yeah. Geez! <laughs> get off your ass. Um Yeah, so before we watch House on Haunted Hill, which is our next film, yeah. we'll watch the trailer quickly. It cool. looks like it's going to be really good. Okay. Um, again, I've not read the article, but from what I gleaned from what I saw of it, I think it might have like a, a really limited release. It might be just mm. like Halloween or something and then it's just yeah. going to be um, oh. but it looks really good oh wow okay um, uh, any other yeah. that's it for me I've covered right well I apologise I've just got a couple more no 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 um, go for it Spirits of the Dead which I've just heard about um, which is a European um, anthology of Edgar Allan Poe films oh wow. and it was it was one of those things where I'd, I heard about it just somehow hmm. And then I thought, I'll look that up. And loads of people said, because there's three segments directed by three different directors. Yeah. And everyone said, 
two segments of dog shit and one's brilliant. Just yeah. go and watch that one. And it was like, yeah, but that's because everyone's up that director's arse. Mm. So are they just in the same sense as like, if you, do you know what I mean? If like, if there's a, if an anthology film comes out and Ben Wheatley's doing one of them, I'm immediately going to be like, well, the other two aren't fucking fit to lick his balls, are they? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, I sort of, so I went into it with that sort of a feeling. Um, but yeah, his story is the best one and just really, really well done. The others are really good, but they're just kind of like, they feel a bit like the Poe adaptions from Corman. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in fact, this film, yeah, it's called, like I say, it's called Spirits of the Dead, but it had a different title in Europe. And Roger Corman bought it to distribute in, uh, distribute in the States and got Vincent Price to do a voiceover like to re-record the voiceover at the start of it, so it's Vincent Price rather than whoever's doing the start. Oh, so it's an old. So it's an old film. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's like from um, it's like sort of early seventies. Um, but yeah, first there's like there's one story directed by Roger Vadim, which has got Jane and Peter Fonda in it. Okay. That's really good. Jane Fonda has a pet cheetah in it, and you get to watch the cheetah as a cub, and then it grows up to be a big cheetah. And they're lovely, <laughs> and uh, Jane Fonda looks amazing. Um, then the second one is directed by Louis Mayle and that's got Bridget Bardot in it and that's called William Wilson and then the third one which is directed by Federico Fellini which is really fucking good it's called Toby Dammit and that's got uh, Terence Stamp in it and it's just fucked up that is because it's while the other two are set sort of medieval Mm -hmm. well one's medieval one's sort of like 17th century France and then that is set for what was then modern day. And it's an actor going into Italy, but it's Terence Stamp playing a 60s actor. So it's basically Terence Stamp playing Terence Stamp. So he's pissed rotten all the time, having a fucking nervous breakdown. He's only doing the film because they've promised him a Ferrari. Um, and he keeps seeing his image of the devil, which is a tiny girl with a balloon who just grins at him. Wow. And it's fucking disturbing because it's just, all of it is surreal. Mm. I mean, like Fellini does a lot of, it always did sort of like, had leanings in that sense. Mm. But like, there's bits where he goes through the airport and it's like, this feels like something from like the comic strip in the 80s, you know, when they'd have those weird, usually due to budget sort of reasons, but they'd sort of, and yeah, just everything looked so fucking odd. And yeah, the whole thing gives you a real sense of like, You've gone somewhere, and you don't know anyone. You don't know. It, much like the Bavarian Sound Studio, where you go and you're in a proper alien environment. Yeah, and it's just him, like trying to sort of, like even going through the airport. The airport feels like the end of the world, and like there's people with cardboard cut out faces just sitting down, and that's not a big thing. It's just it's in just... passing, uh, but it just adds to the sort of like my head's fucking spinning <laughs> sort of feeling. And yeah, it's well worth it's well worth a watch because um, I think they do. Like I say, I think all three all three are good, mm. but that one just knocks it out of the park in terms of against the other two. But then it is three different directors, so you kind of expect that sort of thing. So I pick up the boy because he's screaming his ass off. Yeah. So I go right. I'm going to go and feed him. Turn on the telly. Someone's in a space station screaming. And firing guns at something like that looks like a burnt person. And I thought, right, what the fuck's this? Fortunately, the box had been left on. 
and we were 20 minutes into a film so I rewound that <laughs> and I ended up watching a film called Gal- um, called Last Days on Mars okay. which was okay it's it sort of wears its influences on its sleeve it's a bit moon it's a bit alien but not too bad kind of zombies in space but again not that bad got a pretty good cast in it though it's got um, uh, Romla Gary and uh, Olivia Williams was it Olivia Williams? yeah Right Dad from uh, This Is England is in it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and Max Richter does the score, the guy who does Taboo's music. And yeah. things like that. It's quite, you know, it's quite well done, pretty good film, you know, sort of, if you if you encounter it in passing as I did, it entertained me. Yeah. So, yeah, that was pretty good. Then this morning again, it would not settle, but it meant I got to watch two films. I watched Galaxy of Terror. Oh, my God. That is just incredible. I mean, it's produced by Roger Corman, and it is proper sci-fi schlock, but it's like the 80s version of Event Horizon. It's just scary space stuff. Pretty small cast, Hmm. but that cast includes um, uh, Joni Cunningham from Happy Days, um, Grace Zabriskie, uh, Sarah Palmer, uh, Robert Englund, Sid Haig. Wow. And... And unlike a lot of these things, you know where it's like, oh, there's this film and Sid Haig's in it or Robert Englund's in it and they're in it for two minutes or whatever. Everyone's got a big fucking part in this. Mm-hmm. There's only like a cast of about eight people. Mm. And, you know, okay, people are getting picked off one by one. But basically, yeah, you get a lot of England and Haig for your buck. Cool. So, again, that I, I'm just glad I watched it. It's fucking mental. Yeah. Um, again, it's like... It has that weird thing that I think Star Wars created where you've got, because of the Jedis in Star Wars, everyone would put magic in space. Yeah. So it has those sort of elements as well. And also someone is molested by a giant worm at one point. But it's sort of, yeah, it's just all over the bleeding shop. But in in but in an entertaining way. Yeah. Uh, the best thing I can recommend is I would say it really should be watched by the Not For Everyone guys. Okay. It's got that sort of a feeling to it. And then after that, I watched The Vault, which is on Netflix. I with, saw this when it came out. Yeah, with James Franco. Yes. And Pensatucky from uh, Orange is the New Black. Yeah. Again, playing white trash criminals. Yes. I think she's got her own shotgun. <laughs> and she, and, you know, everyone's just like, well, she, she, she's an armourer. She can bring it to the set and fine. <laughs> um, and... Um, Clint Eastwood's daughter, Francesca Eastwood. Yeah. Uh, Terry Manning is Pensatucky. But yeah, yeah, oh, that was a pretty good film as well. It's just yeah. sort of like, um, that's basically, starts off as a heist movie. Um, they break into the bank vault, but the bank vault is actually haunted. <laughs> and yeah, and oddly sort of, yeah, I just thought that was just a good concept. And I think, yeah. they, you know, everyone in it's pretty good and... Again, rumbled on quite nicely. I'm glad I saw it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. As I say, it's one of those I saw it. I don't remember an awful lot about it, but I remember being quite taken with it at the time, so I will probably go back and give it a read. I think it was one of those I put on like mid afternoon on Mm. a Saturday or something. So, um, yeah, so I didn't have my my full on movie watching head on. But yeah, I definitely need to go back and rewatch it because I did enjoy it. Well, basically, Ted didn't settle down for Galaxy of Terror. I think probably it was too exciting for him. You know, (laughs) because I mean, he was there, he was going. Is that Robert England? Yes, it's Robert England. Is it Freddy Krueger, Dad? Yes, of course he's Freddy Krueger. There you go. Bonus points. Get ready for it. First one to answer. Name another film that Robert England was in that wasn't Freddy. The Mangler. 
That's quick. Only because I'm really desperate to see the Mangler. <laughs> because it was one of those films that came out and everyone just said, right, this is an absolute pile of shit. It's from Stephen King's ridiculous period where it's just like, oh, scary lamp. Um, <laughs> uh, but then I read someone do like a, 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 an analysis of it that turned it into like, oh, it's basically Kafka with Robert Englund in it. And I'm like, yeah, all right, I'll go with it. You know, all you've got to do is just entertain me by putting a weird slant on it, and it's like, yeah, I will put up with any shit. <laughs> but yeah, so that is that is as of today, the Galaxy of Terror in the Vault. So I am that's me fully up to date. I'm afraid. Excellent, cool, that's good. Got through quite a lot of stuff. Excellent, right? So thanks everybody for listening. Um, thank you so much for bearing with us while we were off for a few weeks. Um, and we will now return to normal programming with any luck. Um, and so we'll be back in a fortnight's time with House on Haunted Hill the original Vincent Price one not the 90s remake I think it was yeah um, late 90s I think yeah. yeah so go and watch that have a fantastic time don't forget to come and find us on Instagram uh, and on Facebook uh, you can message below if you're listening on SoundCloud uh, you can email us at info at welcome to horror.com is anyone still checking that email address yeah excellent good um <laughs> Yeah, and we will see you next time. Good night. Night, night. Night. Oh, and don't forget, hashtag Ask Welcome to Yes.